Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in a luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with my buddy, Tommy. Tommy, <laughs> you like to be called Tommy, don't you? No. No? I don't. My mom will find you. You're twice as big as I am. Taller, I stronger, offensive, former offensive lineman. twice as mean as you, too. I'm poking the bear. I shouldn't yeah, do don't, that. Don't start. Oh, here we Thomas go. Thomas Patrick. Here we go. Dorian. You invited co-host. this guy, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Did you tell him to do that to me? You talking about our guest? Yes. We should introduce our guest. We should. Our guest is Keenan Fitzpatrick. He's straight over from Ireland. You have an Irish Good accent? name, man. That's a great no, name. I expected that. When I saw his name tag, I, I was at a conference Aye. with him. Aye, lad. <laughs> right. Every What's time I every time I try to use an uh, Irish accent, it comes out like a very strange Bostonian accent. Doesn't yeah, work. It doesn't really work. That's perfect, but that's what yeah, all settled. Yeah, <laughs> That sounded almost like the Pope talking for a second. <laughs> there. I felt like I really, uh, my hair's raised up on yeah. the back of my neck. Scary. Well, anyway, the reason why we have Keenan here, yeah, uh, it's uh, he's he's involved in a really cool thing. It's Camp Wajtyla. Is that what you? <laughs> that was that perfectly that? pronounced. Thank you. Oh, closer to awesome. the microphone, that so was we can actually hear you. Pronounced. Yes, very good. I'm sure you've heard that before. Uh, obviously, we're trying to say Voitia. Yeah, great. Right. I love so saying Voitia. When the kids come up to camp, one of the first things we do is, can anyone actually pronounce camp? Yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple of the returners raise their hand, and then we say, no, you're not allowed to answer this. And um, some homeschool kid from Pennsylvania always can, you know, pronounce it. It's Voitiwa. Voitiwa. So we have all of them say that together so they can actually pronounce it, and then they can teach their parents. There you have it. <laughs> wow. You know what I like is uh, when you want to go visit you guys on the web, you just got smart and said it's camp-w.com. If, have you tried camp-w.com? Is that the same thing? It's a uh, boarding site for dogs. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> so, woof, woof. Don't do it. It's kind of like the Catholic is, Cafe. I was going to say, but is it is it Catholic, the boarding thing for dogs? I mean, is it, are it like Catholic dogs? Yeah, you, you, they send dogs on whitewater rafting trips and they teach them the faith. It's, it's, an, it's another apostolate we're working on, actually. Well, you tell you what, we're, we'll, we'll talk about that one if we have time after our show is over. But uh, but now let's talk about Camp Voitia sure. and talk about what you guys do. Voitia. Voitiwa. Yes. Where, I knew that. Yes. Uh, where, so where are you located? So um, the campground is, is situated just northwest of Boulder, about 45 minutes. We lease 1,200 acres of pristine wilderness, um, and we build six teepees where the kids come up, and uh, they, they spend the night for a week in teepees under the beautiful Colorado stars. Man, that sounds awesome. It does. It is. I mean, and so I guess I should ask, like, why did this thing get started? Why is it called mm-hmm. what it's called? I mean, obviously, Pope St. John Paul II had some impact or some, uh, there's some meaning behind the connection there. Absolutely. Um, I, I, the story that's coming to mind, I think, that I'll share, um, uh, Dr. Scott Powell, who started Camp Wetiwa with his wife, Annie, 10 years ago, he shared this story with us last summer that when, when uh Pope John Paul II, St. Pope John Paul II was in Poland um, encountering the people that were oppressed by communism. He, he came to them in, in the arena of a courtyard and he, he said to them, 
Um, they know not who you are. Let me show you who you are. Wow. Mm. They know not who you are. Let me show you who you are. Um, one of the ways in which he showed people their true dignity and value was by taking them out into the wilderness and teaching them the truths of the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of theology of the body was, was actually composed because he had the sacred space with these young people in the wilderness, away from the distractions of the world, to be able to reveal the truths of theology of the body with them and through them. Um, That's so awesome. And, you know, I, I teach RCIA, and one of the things when I start in RCIA is, is, is I talk about, when we talk about who God is and then what did God do, he created, and talk about creation, how we can actually come to know him mm-hmm. in creation and, mm-hmm. and to be out where you are in such a beautiful landscape. Um, and really, again, like you say, away from all the distractions, but you really have an, uh, an incredible sense of God's awesomeness when you're out there and you're viewing the stars and yeah. and all of glorious creation before you. And it's a good way to get to know God, isn't it? Absolutely. And and really the pedagogy of Camp Wotiwa, um comes from a, uh, a truth in the catechism that's called the Four Harmonies, um, which briefly I will describe as in the beginning there was harmony between God and man, mm-hmm. man and himself, man and others, and man and creation. Everything was perfect. Uh, sin broke that bond. Right. Um mainly and principally between God and man. And then all the others were actually affected by that. Right, yeah. There's a break between them and themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, when these middle schoolers and high schoolers wake up in the morning, and even when we wake up in the morning, we don't always like what we see. There's a break there. There's a break between you and, and mm-hmm. me, Tom. You know, I can't poke you and you'll respond negatively. <laughs> so Jesus, what Jesus did is he, he actually repaired that, that bond and that break between ourselves and, and God so that we can actually... Um, find reparation and redemption in all of those relationships. So really, we're at camp, we are just teaching the redemption of those harmonies right. through the classroom of the outdoors. Um, it's okay if you poke Tom, by the way. I mean, yeah. he's, like, he's like one of those nice bears. He's like one of those barren stained nice bears. Bear. Like a panda. <laughs> a huggy bear. <laughs> he's yeah, a huggy bear. A huggy bear. I like that. That's so nice. It's yeah. so nice. Well, look, this sounds awesome. My what, wife's going to love that. You're, you're talking about kids here. Mm-hmm. So is it primarily for uh, for youth? What what is the How is the camp designed and who, who shows up there? Do 50-something yeah. show up? I'm sorry. Do 50-something show yeah. up? Sorry, Tom. You're not invited. Yeah, dang. Yeah. All right. You can... We can talk about it over the radio show. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Camp Wojtyla serves middle school and high school students. Um, so we have kids from sixth grade to graduating seniors who come up to Camp Wojtyla. We have single gender programs, so middle school guys come for five days just with middle school guys. Right. You know, high school guys come for nine days just with high school guys. Um, and then, really, another one of our apostolates and one of our main apostolates is actually towards the college students that are the counselors. So we hire 30 to 35 college students who come and serve in the wilderness for 10 weeks of the summer, teaching these kids the truths of the faith through outdoor adventure. Mm. Now, um, I imagine parents who are, you probably listen to this program now, a lot of parents probably thinking, hey, this sounds like a great way to ship my kid off for, you know, for a while. How long are they there? Yeah, middle schoolers are there for five days. Mm-hmm. Uh, high schoolers are there, are there for nine. So parents might ask questions like, uh, "What? Uh, I mean, is it safe out there?" You, just, you mentioned bears yeah. and coyotes. We probably maybe will like censor that a beep. You know, whatever. We don't know what that is. Uh, but uh, I mean, is it? 
Uh, what about safety concerns and Great. all that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, so Annie Powell, who started Camp Fortiwa, she received her, her master's in outdoor education. Our director of risk management is Dr. Tom Zimmer. He's the mm-hmm. program director for Wyoming Catholic. You know, they've really given Camp Fortiwa a an incredibly solid foundation of both medical training and mm-hmm. outdoor awareness training. I mean, we, we train our staff for three weeks. That's three weeks of... Um, you know, of potential service to these kids that we could give, but we actually need to train the staff to a level of excellence that this program requires. Um, We know how to handle all these things. And thanks be to God, we have not had any issues Mm -hmm. um, in 10 years of running. We have 10 years. You've been around for a long time. I mean, we have, there's a hospital 30 minute drive, you know, 10 minute in a helicopter. We've, we've never had to do that. Um, Thanks be to God. Well, that's awesome. Well, what about the, Faithfulness. And a lot of folks are awake. You know, is this like a really, is this a Catholic camp? Is it a, yeah. how, how would you describe yeah, it? Yeah, so Annie Powell, uh, this this was born out of um, a deep desire for her to actually redeem the Catholic camp that she grew up going to because it wasn't Catholic, right? It was uh, it was very far from that. And, mm-hmm. and so what, what, what camp's pedagogy is trying to do is marry the truths of the church with the fullness of adventure in oh, the outdoors. Awesome. So... Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. The the orthodoxy of of our pedagogy is there. There's mass every single day. There's adoration and confession every single week. Um, we have some of the best priests in the nation come and serve with us for those weeks when the kids are there. You know, there's there's many great camps out there. Summer camps that parents will send their their kids off to. And as as a deacon. I've heard many, many, many times people come and sit in my office and say, you know, uh, we sent our kid off to this uh, mm-hmm. camp sunrise or whatever, mm-hmm. S-O-N or something like that. And and there are great camps and they're great experiences for kids. But sometimes these pe- the kids will come back, the Catholic kids will come back and say, I, I don't want to go to confession anymore. Mm-hmm. Or I don't really believe this or that aspect of the Catholic faith. And inherently, sometimes in some of the camps that aren't uh, overtly Catholic and really trying to uh, bolster their Catholic faith, they can start to sow seeds of maybe either discord or disbelief uh, and it's it's problematic for some of the kids so this is an opportunity for parents to send them their their kids somewhere where it's going to build their faith yeah yeah and, and really the desire is is not for them to return from camp fortiva with its, with this emotional high mm. or experience with the faith we want to give them very tangible and practical tools for them to actually live more fully the fullness of the Catholic faith right. in their day-to-day lives so that they can come back and they can encounter the mass that they've been going to every single Sunday mm-hmm. with their family in a way that is different because they just went to mass with the backdrop of the Rocky Mountains awesome. on the top of a 12,000-foot mountain. And God might have revealed the sacrament in a new way to them on top of that mountain. So we hope that they come back down and see that, wow, how is he trying to reveal himself to me in my day-to-day life? Mm-hmm. That is awesome. So we're talking to Keenan Fitzpatrick uh, about Camp Voitiwa. Nice. <laughs> Voitiwa. Better than my bishop's I, I usually just say it fast and hope people don't understand, think that I just... It's almost like you're Polish. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'm Polish. You'd think I would know how to say yeah. this, uh, his uh, Pope St. John Paul II's n- name. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, we're talking to Keenan Fitzpatrick about this wonderful camp. Uh, we got more to talk about before we do that. I want to take a break. Um, and uh, and even before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we got a, a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. 
Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfrith felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered. Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winfrith's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there, but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany, where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One story is told of how St. Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish St. Boniface. But nothing happened. They became convinced that the God of St. Boniface, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the one true God. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of St. Boniface. As St. Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light, when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff. Sitting here sure? with Tom Dorian. To- Tommy. Are you sure? Dorian. I am positive yeah. this time. Awesome. Deja vu. Like and I we're talking to Keenan uh, Fitzpatrick. Hey there. About Camp W. How you doing, Huggy Bear? <laughs> doing great. How are you? Huggy Bear. That's a new one. Pudding. You, Keenan, you have like you don't realize it, but we've been doing this for like seven or eight years now, but that's that's gonna stick. Can you imagine if Grakulski was here now? Oh Doug, God rest his soul. I'm we'll just glad never, I could leave a good ever legacy. Live that down no, ever. That's I good. still won't. Huggy Bear. All right. Yeah. You can poke Huggy Bear. <laughs> yeah. Keep keep going. So we so we're talking about the great outdoors. We're talking about this this really cool camp. And and Keenan, you were talking earlier uh, in our last segment about uh, about the staff and how they're. You kind of mentioned that that's a whole other focus, and how you develop the staff that they're actually receiving or reaping benefits from being involved in this process as well. 
tell us a little bit about like how these staff are selected and why and how do you guys focus also on ministering to them mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. process? Yeah, great question, Deacon Jeff. Um, That's what I get paid for. Yeah, Bravo. you are so good at asking questions. It's right. It's written down here. And that was written down that you were supposed to say that I was good at it. Thank you for reading that properly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, tell so, us about um, the staff. That's really one of the main goals of our winter, quote-unquote, off-season work. There really isn't an off-season because it's always marketing fundraising, hiring the staff. So the staff, we received somewhere between 100 and 400 applications from wow. Catholic college students across the country. Um, these are college students and seminarians. Right. Um, we hire you know 35 of these students. So we have a really large pool of phenomenal Catholic leaders um, to really choose from. Um, 35 out of 400. Yeah, on a good year. Wow. That's on a amazing. Good year. Yeah, and, so we, and there are several... Um, diocese now that within their vocation program for the for the seminary we receive you know one one to three seminarians from them every single year because the vocation directors recognize this is such a crucial formation for our young to be priests they need to understand how to be fathers um and and really to be on call 24 hours a day the our counselors sleep outside of the teepees and uh anything that happens throughout the night uh, they're they're ready. I mean, they're like new parents. Really, it's a That's it's an awesome. incredible vocation training for these staff. It is, um, yeah. And then some of the preparation that we bring to the staff. So, uh, for the first three weeks of the summer, we focus solely on our staff training. I mean, that's three weeks of intense leadership. Um, there's mass every single day. Mm-hmm. They start the summer off with a silent retreat. Uh, every single day they're receiving uh, through Dr. Scott Powell, who has his doctorate in scriptural theology, a uh, a narrative of scripture for them to find their place in the history and in the present of scripture. Um, and then they're also receiving backcountry education. So they're receiving wilderness medicine and uh, a lot of the principles of how to t- actually teach kids through adventure. You know, we don't just go rock climbing to go rock climbing or go whitewater rafting to just do it. We actually want to teach these kids a truth of the faith through that adventure. So we we allow them to encounter something very tangible, like trusting the person that's holding them on the rope a mm. hundred feet over a cliff. And we allow that very tangible lesson to teach them about the intangibles of the faith. Uh, how can trusting in a rope relate with trusting in God? That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's a really beautiful and very unique thing. Um, what we're doing at camp, no one else is doing. There are a lot of other camps, and really, Camp Voitiwa is more of an outdoor adventure program than it is a camp. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't just do activities and then have a Bible study at the end of the day. We teach the truths of the faith while we are in the experience of the outdoor adventure. So the end goal is actually for these kids to return home and know how to self-reflect, that they can be reflecting back and forth in a conversation with God all day, whether it's, you know, at school doing homework with their family or on sports teams, whatever it may be, that they're actually having a continual conversation reflecting, God, where are you in this experience with me? 
how can I relate some of the truths that are happening in my life and bring you into them? That that is awesome. And what about in their in their faith life? These kids that come back from this camp. I mean, like their experience at mass. I mean, are you hoping that that changes as well when they come back with this sort of new uh, this new reality of God and His presence in our world? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think as I said earlier, we're not the goal is not for them to return down the mountain with this emotional experience of the faith, but a very practical and real understanding of how their life is really a call to greatness Mm -hmm. and how they are called to sanctity in the very small and minute things of their life. Yeah. And see, that's so cool. I love the fact that you guys focus on that because I love all these different uh, retreats and weekends and things that that folks, especially kids will go to and there'll be like lots of loud music and Mm -hmm. lots of excitement. And those are good things. They serve a purpose. Absolutely. Right. But then people come back from that and they get back into their lives and, and, and where you're talking about someone having an emotional thing. This is not supposed to be an emotional response. That doesn't mean it's not powerful. In fact, I think it's probably more powerful because it's actually life changing. It's lasting. Yeah. Yeah. It's lasting. And, and, and these experiences they have, and you know, these kids come from across the country. Um, there's, you know, there's groups that are started, whether it be through email or text message. Mm -hmm. I mean, these kids can remain in community with each other, um, so that they can, continue to touch back to the reality that they experienced at Camp Fortiwa throughout the year. Where are a lot of those kids spiritually? Uh, yeah, great question. Like when they come there? When they, like when they yeah. show up? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, all over the board. Uh, okay. You know, we've got, we have um, incredibly well-formed kids who come from homeschool communities. We have incredibly well-formed kids who come from, you know, the s- suburban Denver, Colorado. Um, we have kids who come and they're Protestant. And have never encountered the Catholic faith before. Wow. And, and we've had some beautiful encounters of these. We have one particular story of this Protestant boy who came a couple of years ago. Um, he specifically asked for his dad to come up and meet Annie and Scott Powell because he had such a profound experience at Camp Fortiwa, wow. specifically whitewater rafting and an experience in the body of Christ while whitewater rafting, mm-hmm. how important it is for everyone to pull their weight or else the boat actually goes off track. Mm-hmm. So... Um, long story short, the whole family becomes Catholic wow. because of his experience at Camp Wotiwa. That, that he, is amazing. Oh, yeah, and his one of the reasons is because we, the ratio of counselors to campers is is one to five. That's incredible for a camp. We have two counselors for every ten kids in a teepee. Uh, they have such an intimate experience with these kids throughout the the week. They really know how to challenge and how to push these kids and how to how to love them through this. I would um, imagine that you have a lot of great stories. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of great stories. Um, every year, like I said earlier, I mean, we have some very radical transformations that happen within these kids, which are beautiful, and praise God for them. Mm-hmm. But I really love the just the small, the small testimonies that come um, from a kid who who maybe already has a really strong faith, mm-hmm. but he just learns something, you know, to wake up ten minutes earlier in the day. And begin his day in prayer. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's all he took from camp because he actually recognized that because his, the college students that were leading him did that, I want to be like those college students. I want to be able to lead a Bible study when I go to college. We have a, a, you know, a particular parent this year, um, and what she said about her son was, I am so thankful to God and to those who make the experience possible. My son said that he would ask to break away for 30 minutes or an hour to go sit with Jesus, reading scripture and talking with him. Jesus is real to my son now. There is a relationship there. He said there's no other feeling 
like that love and realization that he, and he wanted us to be able to know that feeling i have gained a brother in christ in my own son wow that's <laughs> wow golly that kind of stuff is just amazing because we we look at the world and we and we see lots of uh, negatives out there right we see our kids sort of wandering uh, aimlessly especially spiritually but mm-hmm. just uh, and, and just in a dangerous world that we live in yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and so parents are always looking for some sense of hope or some some, some desire to have their kids uh, to have that feeling i have that relationship and sometimes even parents don't understand yeah. the relationship with jesus yeah and how you you told the two stories the the that uh protestant family mm-hmm. um who had this new relationship with jesus christ uh, and this this parent here who recognizes just a new child uh you know it's like born again of water and spirit you yeah. know with baptism but then this is like uh, it's almost like a, a, a reminder of of a, of a of a baptism. Baptism through mud, yeah, <laughs> and dirt. Um, yeah, and I think you know, really, one of the benefits is that the wilderness itself is actually healing. Um, we add so much with into the wilderness that it, there's a lot heal, a lot of healing built on top of that. And uh, you know, these kids they step away from the distractions of the world. Um, there's no cell service. They can't see any city lights. They're they're really removed and stripped from the things that they've come accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Um, that are really actually distractions keeping them away from finding who they really are and who God is calling them to be as saints. Um, so getting them up on top of the mountain with other kids their age who are experiencing similar things, looking up to these amazing college counselors, uh, it, it really is a, a perfect environment to teach the faith. That sounds wonderful. So. Uh if you're talking to a parent, and I imagine there's a parent or two listening, uh, any final words on what, why you would, you don't have to sell the program. Sounds like it's, I'm, I'm already sold, but just, just any other last thoughts about like, just why would I send my kid there uh, to, to, to camp uh, Voitiwa? Why, why is that the place that I need to send them? Uh, especially when they're at this very formative age. Your pronunciation is perfect. It's by getting the way. better. Yeah. Great job. Great job. Um, <laughs> He's good, man. He's good. <laughs> That's um, why he's here. I know. Thank you guys for having me here. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll just say that now before I answer your question. It's it's uh, been a true gift to to just get to know you guys and and to have this opportunity. Um, you know, I think that um, there are there are so many things that that the youth of our day desire with their lives. Um, I think that really the church is not asking too much of our youth. I think we're asking too little. Um, and, and to present this opportunity for them to come up to Camp Voitiwa is really offering the call to greatness where, wow, I was given a call to greatness, and I'm going to respond greatly to that call. You've um, heard it, parents. That's, that's a great opportunity. Camp Voitiwa uh, and camp-w.com. So, Keenan. Fitzpatrick, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for bringing this great blessing to us. Uh, and as we close our program, uh, we just want to ask our Blessed Mother to watch out for our kids, all of our kids. We're her kids as well, but all of us, especially our children, and for this beautiful camp. And let's pray for her intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our Lord death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com where you can find out more information about The Catholic Cafe, listen online, 
Download MP3s or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time. <laughs>